Let's see what the stew has for us today. Welcome to the Gnomecast, a Gnome Stew's tabletop gaming advice podcast. Here we talk with the other gnomes about gaming things to avoid becoming part of the stew, so I guess we'd better be good. This episode is brought to you by awesome Patreon backers like the stupendous Suzanne Cabral, the chosen Chuck, and the great Gavin. Today we have myself, Ange, along with fellow gnome Matt and special guest, Crystal Neagley, who also happens to be Matt's daughter. (laughs) Hi, Crystal. Hi. Today we're going to be talking about the work that went into our April Folio of the Fiends, and we invited Crystal to join us, and she was one of our contributing artists, and helped wrangle a lot of the art for us. Before we dive into that main topic, though, we're going to ask a get-to-know-a-gnome and gnome guest question. What is one of the pieces of gaming-related art that you that was an influence on you? Matt, why don't we go with you first? Well, uh, because I am an old fogey, for me, I, I think it was probably the first printing, uh, first edition DMG and Player's Handbook covers. The uh, DMG with the, I think it's Sutherland cover with the giant Efreet and the warrior and I think wizard. Uh, facing off uh, against yeah. him. And of course, the Trampier cover, the classic one of the player's handbook with the big idol and the adventures and the lizard men. Mm-hmm. You know, you get those books as a as a teenager and you look at those and you're there like, holy shit, I got to play this, you know? Pardon my <laughs> French. So, you know, it's just so exciting and iconic and really drove me into it. I actually saw a uh, a picture of a display somebody did at a library where they made a display out of peeps based on that iconic player's handbook cover with the idol and the prying the eye out of it. (laughs) Crystal, what about you? All right, so I am significantly less old than Matt. (laughs) Surprise, surprise. I think some of the art that really inspired my art when I was younger was probably some of the Pokemon art. I remember I had a bunch of how to draw like Gen 4 stuff and I think I always really wanted to draw Lucario, but he was like the big wolf man with all the spikes on him. So I was always really terrible <laughs> at it and it made me really sad. But you kept trying. Fun uh, side story here that will embarrass Chris to no end. Oh, when she was first born, her, her mother and I were big fans of Gen 1 Pokemon. So we had this poster with all of the original 151 Pokemon and we hung it up on her bedroom door and she hated it absolutely hated it with a passion and she kept arguing with us about she didn't want it on her door and it was awful and eventually she (laughs) tore it to pieces because we refused to take it off of her door where they're like no you're gonna love it it's really cool just get used to it and uh (laughs) now she is like the biggest Poke fanatic and loves Pokemon and I love bringing it right up and now, just actually. twisting the knife a little bit <laughs> about how she said she hated Pokemon and tore up this poster. I always loved the Mew plush, though. I will say that. The Mew plush that I think I stole from Mom. Yep. So, Ange, uh, how about you? What was some art from uh, that early inspired you on in your RPG career? So, some of the earliest art that really got me, you know, like, what is this gaming thing, were actually the Elmore covers of the Dragonlance books. Mm. Those those Elmore covers were like, who are these people? What is this all about? What is going on? And that really got me into it. I also wanted to, like, throw a shout out to the uh, the artwork by Tony DiDalisi that was in, I think, mostly the, the White Wolf Changeling 
series that I really, really liked. Yeah, it's, there's there's a lot there's a lot of great art. There's a lot of bad art. There's a lot of you know it's so bad it's it's beloved now art in gaming history. So let's move on to our main topic. This year for April Fools, the gnomes put together the April Foolio of Fiends, a collection of silly monsters. You know we do we do a we do an April Fools thing fairly regularly. Some have been more in depth than others. And this year, when we were we were talking about what we were going to do, I think I think Jen Adcock initially proposed that we do gnome karaoke, which a few people got interested in, a few people ran away from. But then Senda proposed that we do uh, we basically get some Creative Commons art and write up silly monsters, and that idea kind of stuck. And then Matt and I kind of trampled on the idea of Creative Commons, and Matt reached out to Crystal, and that's where we're going to turn to Crystal and find out what she did on the, on her end of things here. Dad pretty much told me what your idea was, and I was immediately excited. I'm not huge into D&D, don't kill me. I tried, it's sometimes fun, but I just, I can't do long-term stuff. But the idea of being able to make monsters was really interesting to me. So I sketched like five there on the spot. <laughs> and then dad's like, well, don't don't draw all of them. We want different art styles. Why don't you go to some of your like friends, since I am in art college and, you know, take art classes. Why don't you go to some of like your friends and ask them if they'll draw some stuff for us? And so I pretty much went into all my classes and said, hey, draw monsters for charity. And... Some people were like, oh yeah, totally, I'll do that, and then never did. And most of the people, I would just wait till we weren't doing anything in class and then kind of like walk over and twist their arm and be like, hey, do you want to draw a monster <laughs> right now for charity? And that's that's pretty much how I got most of them. I think Toast, who did the Fish Mermaid, which I know got in, and, oh frick, I don't remember any of the other ones she did, but she did like 10 of them. And I think a handful of those got stats. And then Julian, whose name I am allowed to say, did like 10 without me twisting his arm. We, basically, we just passed my notebook back and forth. And at first, he just drew like an upside down smiley face. And we were laughing about it. And we named him Borb, which I don't think got stats. <laughs> and then he did like 20 others from, from silly ones like Boob, which was a cube with like a gun and I think he did this really detailed, like, one-winged angel sort of thing that was really cool. But it was really nice seeing just, like, my friends and their different styles. And I even contacted some of my friends that weren't in art school but were really into art back in high school. And I'm like, hey, do you want to draw some monsters? And those were always the first monsters I got. was, like, <laughs> my friend Casey, who's currently working at Carnes, drew me three lizards. And... <laughs> Thankfully, a lot of them were lined, so I could just, like, make them pure black and white, and then they were good to be used, but a couple of them I had to go in and edit and sigh, but that was all, that was all good. Yeah, no, no, it was, it was, we had, we had a huge selection, and I forgot to mention this before I turned it over to you, we did decide that we were gonna, whatever we ended up putting out for the April Folio of Fiends, it was going to be a, uh, a pay-what-you-want mm -hmm. on drive through and all proceeds were gonna go to Child's Play. Yes, Dad did inform me of that, and he also informed me that maybe the artist would get a free PDF, 
which some of my friends were very excited about because my one buddy's like, I, I want one of those, but I don't have any money to give. <laughs> and I also uh, reached out to a few of my art artsy friends and was like, hey, child's play art, do you want to give some stuff? And we got a we got a few pieces from them that I think I think from uh, my friend Nwakna and uh, my friend Laura. They were basically like, "Here, I had this lying around. You can use this." Yeah, one of my friends did that as well. I, I was very impressed because they had like these amazing colored lined stuff with like shading, and it's like I drew a rabbit with human teeth, but like <laughs> this is really good. Yeah, it was it was nice to have a mix a mix of different art. So we we acquired the art first, and then we basically put it out there for all of the gnomes to see, and then let gnomes pick which pieces they wanted to do. Matt, why don't you tell us about what you chose, what you did, and, and why? Well, I mean, I felt like we had so many really good artists contributing art, and uh, I know a lot of the other gnomes jumped in, and they grabbed their favorites, and... I just, I wanted to make sure that the great majority of the people who contributed art had, you know, something that got into the final book. So I just started at the top and it's like, nobody's picked this guy's thing yet. And in it goes, and nobody's picked this person's thing yet. And it goes. And I, I, I tried to just make sure everybody got represented. And there were still a few people that got missed, unfortunately, because life, but, uh, <laughs> you know, we uh that's how i picked mine and of course when i saw no one had uh picked little bunny tooth tooth <laughs> that was one of my favorites i was a little sad about that so he did that for me yeah well that's it you you said when you so all the artwork in the book it has been kind of cropped because a lot of the art actually had notes around it and i don't recall the exact wording but around little bunny tooth tooth the original drawing had text around it said like this is my boy he's my favorite or something like that and i'm there like <laughs> how can nobody have picked this it's a although i'm literally a... holding the sketchbook that has all the art in it right this second i can probably check what exactly it said yeah well you look i'll keep meandering but you know how can nobody have picked the adorable crazed looking bunny with a bag of human teeth you know why? Because you were destined to do that one. Because I don't think, I mean, Little Bunny Tooth Tooth is one of my favorites in this book. And that's because it's the combo of that, you and that. Yeah, I I started writing it up like a very normal kind of thing. And then I'm there like, huh. I just had Little Bunny Foo Foo going through my head. And I'm there like, I'll bet I can adapt this. And so I scrapped everything I had done and started over with little bunny tooth tooth. So the text says, this boy is my favorite with little hearts next to it. And which I think actually stayed in the image. I don't remember if I cropped, I don't think I cropped that out. Someone else might have. I think I cropped it out. Cause I had to, I'll, I'll talk about the layout stuff after, but all right. And it also had like, the drawing was very small, so it was hard to see. So, like, there was a human tooth laying on the ground, and I just had, like, a little arrow that said human teeth, like, right <laughs> next to it. That's still in the book. But I think that was one of the only ones with text directly on it, other than, like, the names and emails of the people that did it. Yeah, and so that was my clear favorite uh, that I did. I also liked several of the other ones I did, 
quite a bit, but I think of stuff other people did. I, I did like the Mimic beer. That was just... The Mimic beer. That was another one of mine. It, it was. I, I don't <laughs> Are you prejudiced, Dad? I, I am a little bit, actually. I really do <laughs> like your stuff, sweetheart. I love JT's write-up of the snake person, which is one yeah. of uh, your friend Julian's. Oh, wait. I'm try- I, I only have the sketchbook. I, I wasn't looking at specifically what they wrote. Which one was... Was that the goblin? No, that's the dude with the scales and the snake uh, tongue in the toga. And, oh, yeah. Uh, so JT wrote it up as basically a, a simple description, but then for the monster stats, it's as if told by the snake person. So all of his stats are... But, uh, <laughs> so... And then uh, I got to say, Ange, some of your, your friends that had stuff laying around, man, they just completely broke the curve. I just, you know, it's like, it's full color, full finished, you know, beautiful, you know, uh, I turned this into class and got, you know, A++ kind of kind of quality work. And then some, you know, poor Chris, you know, here's a sketch I drew of a beer bottle in five minutes. Oh, but I, th- I think the, 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 the range of pieces we had was just so much fun. So yeah, L- Laura's piece of uh, the, the dragon that is in the book as Arthur uh, and ended up, I, I ended up putting on the cover. He's actually like a character she's been doing. Like, I don't know if she's like writing stories or just drawing pictures and making up the stories as she goes. But she has this whole storyline about Arthur and has done like three or four other pictures of him, you know. So it's just, it just happened to be that it worked out really well. Yeah. Well, the thing is, a couple of my friends were like, oh, I'll draw my character from my stories. And I'm like, actually, maybe don't do that. I specifically told them maybe don't do that because these things were going to be sold and I didn't want any trouble where like Mm -hmm. that kind of thing was happening. So I, I like told my buddies, maybe don't use OCs. I think one of my buddies, Andrew, did anyway. He's like, well, I, I never use this one anymore, so I may as well do something with it. It was like the cat with the weird mouth tail and like the mask. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I think that one, is that that Chitterface? No, the Chitterface is the squirrel guy who drinks coffee. She's talking about the nibble. Oh, that's right. Nibble spray. I love Chitterface. That was another one done by Toast. Chitterface was. Yeah. I'm sorry, I can't find the stat page anymore. All I have are the images. <laughs> yeah, Nibble Sprite is the one wearing a poncho with a duck on it. <laughs> yep. Which, that was actually the very first one I grabbed because, A, it was first alphabetically, but B, that thing is freaking awesome. <laughs> I'll tell Andrew you said that next time I talk to him. One of the things we did was we specifically didn't like the, the the art. We didn't take any of the names from like what the artist did. So it was basically all the gnome taking whatever the picture was and being like, what is this? And so we ended up with some interesting combinations. So it's the, the OCs are probably like, yeah, the, the ownership there ends up being a little weird, but it probably would have been okay because it wouldn't have been, it would have been just like their picture with somebody else's story tacked onto it. Yeah, I just like, I know someday I want to make cartoons with some of the OCs I have and I wouldn't have wanted mm-hmm. to like, 
put that in there. And then 20 years later, someone's like, hey, actually, I bought this. You can't have that in your TV show. (laughs) No, that makes perfect sense. I have anxiety, so I'm always worried about junk like that. That makes sense. And it's, 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 it's a thing to be aware of. And actually, that leads into talking about what stats we could use and what we couldn't, because we wanted to make sure that, you know, we were legally on the up and up with what we were putting out there. So the stats we could stick with were pretty much 5e, which we actually couldn't call it Dungeons and Dragons anywhere in the text. That sounds about right. Yeah, but it's all, it's Dungeons and Dragons 5th edition stats, fate stats, and powered by the apocalypse, specifically dungeon world-ish stuff. But, you know, if you go all the way to the back of the book, there's like two solid pages of legalese about, you know, stuff the, the open license allowing us to use this stuff from those companies. Yeah, I actually, the Nauto Big Goblin, which is this massive nautical-themed goblin, I originally wrote up the stats for the Babewatch role-playing game. And uh, I figured, you know what? Uh, that game was published in, I forget how long ago, but it was ages ago. It was a free RPG. Nobody ever, as far as I know, ever did anything with it. And the head gnome, and <laughs> wisely said, perhaps we shouldn't step on this guy's toes. Can you contact him? And then, so like, the day before we're going to press at like 3 a.m. I'm there like, well, shit. <laughs> and I send him, you know, this Facebook, I find him on Facebook, send him a message. Surprise, surprise, he never responded to this rando message he got at 3 a.m. saying, by the way, I need this in like two hours. Uh, <laughs> and so I restatted it up for 5e just so there were no, no worries or, or copyright issues. Although I will say, Chris, your caution on OCs and ownership and stuff is absolutely valid. And uh, mm-hmm. generally, I tend to be super paranoid about that stuff myself. That's where I get it. I will say that I don't know about the particulars of the contracts of this art, but in general, Gnome Stew, for the stuff that I've done and written, has been very author friendly with their their license like all of my articles that i publish on the stew all the articles any gnomes publish on the stew Mm -hmm. we can take anywhere else and publish anywhere else we just can't say to the stew by the way please take my stuff down that's that's the only hang up which is nice now it's it's one of the things i really appreciate about john he is very strong on copyright making sure we we take care of the the you know like we are legally in the right to use the things we are using. Don't wanna don't wanna take advantage of of creatives, basically. Yeah, if they get enough hard times elsewhere in life in general, we don't need to add to that. Mm-hmm. Alright, I remember I was gonna say something pertaining to this and then I totally forgot, but I was gonna hop back to the favorite monsters real quick, because I just wanted to say that Whoever did the stats for Casey's Lizard, the one that's, like, really cute and all villains hate it because it's too cute, is probably my favorite, and I love it. Oh, the anger drink. Yes. Yeah, the anger drink. Oh, yeah, pertaining to this, I was just worried that someone who bought the set was going to be, like, which I guess they can't do because they didn't make it. Even if they bought it, that doesn't mean it's their property. I thought they were going to be, like, 
Well, I, I bought this back in 2019, so you can't have it now. No, 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 no. The, the artists have the rights to all of their art. They just, they, they basically let us use them for charity. I ended up doing the layout for the book, which was a challenge in and of itself because we had multiple different gnomes doing the stats. And then it was making sure like all of the 5e stats had about the same format. All of the fate stats had the same format. All of the dungeon world ones had the same format. The list of authors who participated in this are myself, Ange, Camden Wright, Chris Snezak, Chuck Lauer, Jared Rasher, Jen Adcock, JT Evans, and Matt. We got a wide array of stuff contributed from those folks. And there was a couple of times where I had to reach out to the uh, creator and be like, I need to edit this or you need to help me edit this. I'm trying to think of which one was the, the one I was struggling with the most. The Storm Stag. That was like... The Storm Stag. That was like three pages of text. And you, you said, yes. I cannot fit this in two pages, let alone one. Yeah. <laughs> I think we also had to edit down the yearnling a little bit. Yeah. I know there was there was definitely one for Chuck I had to reach out to him for. Oh, the Grumble Face Chitter Face. I had to... You know, I had to be like, hey, can I edit this down a little bit to try and fit it in? Because, you know, I didn't want to make the art super small, but I had so much text that I had to... It was it was a fun challenge trying to get all of that done in time. It, it's, you know, I probably... Nobody would have thought I was having fun on that last weekend when we were getting this all finalized and set up, but... I actually really enjoyed working on this. Well, and I think you did a really good job because I saw several preliminary copies. In fact, I'm looking at a preliminary copy right now for reference. And first of all, you know, we did not, when we were writing up these stats, even within one person's stuff, we did not standardize formatting. <laughs> and I remember sending you notes and saying, Ange, you really got to make sure that, you know, all of these are bold with colons or not, one way or the other, you know. And you went through and did all of that nonsense, and then you did all the layout stuff, and and sounds like uh, a bad group project. <laughs> yeah. It was, it was definitely, you know, it is one of those, and 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 a lot of game creation design is group work because it is really hard to create stuff by yourself and actually get stuff complete and out the door. I know I really appreciated, Matt, you doing that edit for that type of stuff. And then we also had our Bob edit, which was really, really helpful. Yeah, Bob is um, invaluable. We, I don't know where we would be as a website, as a creative team without Bob. <laughs> we would not sound nearly as good as we do. <laughs> <laughs> and along the same lines, without Rob, thank you, Rob. Yeah, without Rob. <laughs> The gnome cast wouldn't sound as good as it does. Yeah. I'm just going to pretend so, I know who these people are. <laughs> Bob is our editor. Rob is our audio editor. Yes. Thanks, guys. So, um, Chris, what are some of your favorites out of the book? All right. I, I already said I really like the Anger Drake. Of course, I am partial to my own creations. Ironically, I'm looking at all the sketches here in the notebook, and the Mimic beer bottle actually had to be removed because someone else drew too close to it, and I had to erase it to get a picture of it. So that's that's not <laughs> even here anymore. 
I really liked Borb, which I don't think ended up statted out. But I, I liked the mermaid as well. Uh, I liked all of Toast's stuff, and I liked all of Julian's stuff. Very glad they got some of their stuff in there. I especially yeah. liked Toast's piece where she she you were you were like saying hey we have to crop down some of these art pieces because we can't put all 10 of toast pieces in the book and i'm like you know this one was my favorite can i just have this one that that one was my favorite favorite because i actually stole it <laughs> yeah i was like no 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 if if you if you want that one we've got plenty of others from toast that were just awesome and you know i'm actually it's a shame that uh, you haven't gotten your PDF yet because, uh, you know, you only have like half the art. Uh, I'm sure that some of these other ones you will absolutely go gaga for. So when you get your PDF, take a, take a good look and then get back to us about the other ones. One of the ones I really liked was, uh, I believe the art was by uh, Kiana. I think I said that her name correctly, uh, but it was Chuck's Fetch Demon. And he just oh, yes. totally leaned into the whole... Um, mean Girls. Yeah, the whole Mean Girls thing. Yes, I remember that one. That one was very good. Yeah, I really liked that one. Oh, I also liked the, the one robot holding a cat. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> the, uh, the, the nab catcher bot. Ange did the stats for the robot holding the cat. Yes, I remember I saw that one had stats. It was something about, like, it was originally a dog catcher bot, and then it's like, well, dogs should go free. <laughs> and I, I do love what JT did with the inner critic. Yes. Uh, you know, it's just the, the, the monster leaning over somebody and whispering in their ear, and, you know, it's, it's, it's pretty awesome. And then he turns it into, you know, somebody... Uh, the, the inner critic listening to uh, their thoughts and faults and, and inner voice. And, and it very much speaks to probably every creative out there. <laughs> <laughs> I also like that uh, uh, Camden basically jumped in to help out and he started at Camden, who does not play D&D who does not generally care for traditional fantasy role-playing, jumped in and statted up a 5e critter. He did the mapless fury, which I actually think is hilarious. Yeah. And that, that was a particularly challenging one, the way he did it. I think it's really great. And, uh, you know, it'll be a fun, you know, as much as this was a book of joke monsters, there's a lot of them that really could be used in games and yeah. you could make that one like the set piece of a whole adventure. Yeah, you totally could. Sorry, sorry to be that person, but which one is that again? That's one of Toast's. It's the one with the uh, the, the hair over the face and like oh. ghost body and the hands pointing in all directions. Yes, that one. Yeah. We should probably wrap things up. I really appreciated all the work you guys did as well as all the work the other artists and the gnomes did. I I think this is a, it turned out to be a great project. Um, it is available on drive-thru. It has been downloaded 268 times, and we've had about $60 donated so far towards, uh, towards Child's Play. That's actually really good, especially compared to our last similar offering, which I think is still <laughs> sitting at like 20 downloads. Well, that's because this one has me in it. <laughs> <laughs> she gets her ego from her dad. 
Just for those wondering, our previous uh, April Fool's effort available as a pay-what-you-want download is the Nomance novels, which are definitely worth a look if you enjoy gnomes and romance. 28 and a half shades of scarlet. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) So, moving into our outro... This show is funded by the Gnome Stew Patreon. You too can become a Patreon backer by following the Patreon link on the Gnome Stew website to the Gnome Stew Patreon. This is ad is brought to you by teeny weeny projects that suddenly morph into huge McHuge projects that you suddenly need to devote a whole bunch more time than you expected. If you're enjoying the Gnomecast, you'll probably enjoy many of the other misdirected Mark shows. Here's another one to check out. All right. Uh, this is bonus experience. Ryan and Monica are two old friends exploring gameplay and design through the lens of diversity while also sharing some of the dumbest humor gaming has to offer. And as their tagline says, die mad about it. You can find all of us, well, except Crystal, at gnomestew.com, at gnomestew on Twitter, and gnomestew on Facebook. Crystal, where else can we find you on the internet? I have an Instagram, a Tumblr, and a YouTube channel, all under the Crystal Author, which I think is all one word with capitals at the beginning of each word and i am actually on gnome stew i've made a couple art pieces for some of matt's articles that is very true yeah uh my particular favorite is on the article and a moosing diversion and it's a (laughs) a moose eating a human arm uh so and where can we find you on interwebs you can find me on Twitter at orikes13, O-R-I-K-E-S-13. And, of course, Gnome Stew and wherever good gnomes are found. So, do you guys think we avoided the stew this week? I mean, Chris did. Yeah. John has no power over her. That's true. That's true. Well, maybe as he's trying to figure that one out, you and I can go out the side door. <laughs> Gnomecast is hosted by Misdirected Mark Productions, the media arm of Encoded Designs. Frick, I did it again. Rob can edit that out.